the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Mission America and may contain views and opinions that do not reflect the views of the advertisers, staff, and owners of this station. Some material may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Yeah, I used to be a liberal, too. They use it to push a far-left political agenda in this country that is not only destroying our schools and damaging our kids, but is destroying and damaging our culture. Based on faulty premises. How did this happen? And I just think it's, again, it's a part of the decline of all things that were once rather sacred, but we ha- we are having our young people absolutely indoctrinated in both public education and higher education. Correct the record of what is truth and what is fiction. God's seed has a root structure that's incorruptible and you might not see green for many years. Yep, I used to be a liberal too. This is Mission America with Linda Harvey. Because with God, all things, all things, all things are still possible. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Mission America Radio. I'm Linda Harvey, and I'm so very glad you've joined us this afternoon. Please visit our website at missionamerica.com. That's missionamerica.com for more information about our organization and to read news articles, and Christian commentary on the culture. And don't forget to read my articles on, of course, our website and also on the American Family Association blog, The Stand, at Olive Tree Views, at LifeSiteNews.com, on WND.com, and elsewhere out on the web. And be sure to check out my second book, which is my latest book. It, it is now in its second edition, and it's called Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality, written especially for teens, and you can learn more right on our website at missionamerica.com. Today we're going to spend some time with a really interesting person who also happens to be a candidate for a seat in the Ohio Senate. Melissa Ackeson is running as a Republican for the Senate seat in the 26th District in Ohio. She co-owns a small business with her husband and has a background in labor relations and union negotiation and is also, in her spare quote-unquote time, a wife and mother of four sons ranging in age from one serving in the military to one who is a preschooler. And she makes no secret of her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and has made a name for herself recently as a brave defender of of children and cultural rot, I would have to say, and um, those who want to corrupt our children in the pop culture, in libraries, and in schools, and elsewhere. Welcome back to Mission America Radio, Melissa. Thanks for having me this morning, Linda. Well, so tell us, Melissa, let's start with the basics about your candidacy um, before we get into some of the issues that you've been so brave uh, to tackle. So tell us the current situation in the 26th Senate District. Tell us what counties that covers and uh, who, who's who been in that seat and why you are running. 
So this particular seat will be vacated by Senator Dave Burke as he will be term limited out. Uh, I would be considered the anti-establishment candidate. As you know, I'm a small business owner, uh, my husband and I, but I spent many years in the private sector as well, working for large global uh, manufacturers and distributors in the supply chain type of organization. Um, this particular district includes Morrow County, Marion County, Sandusky, Wyandotte, Union County, Crawford County, and Seneca County. So that's seven counties wrapped into this, um, wrapped into this particular uh, district. And, you know, I really entered the race because I, I had an opportunity to uh, run for the U.S. Senate, mm-hmm. yes. stayed very relevant and very involved on the matter of conservative issues, whether it was ranging to limited government and, and things that are imposed upon the small business owner that make Ohio a very unfriendly business climate, clear down to the social and moral issues that are uh, just as real as the economic struggles we have. So uh, what bothered me the most is we didn't have citizen legislators, whether at the federal level or state level, who had the same types of uh, roadblocks and lifestyles and income brackets to really understand and have skin in the game, you know, children in the public school systems and and things like that um, to to really push us to the next level. So I think in politics what we're missing is we have these characters that have been grown up and raised through the establishment. They're molded. They're told what to say. They operate as good little soldiers and robots Mm -hmm. to fulfill special interest agendas and the establishment agendas, but we have seen legislation churned out year after year after year uh, that is very evident that both our people and our children are being sold down the river for an agenda, as well as our economic opportunities that could really take us to the next level. So biggest difference between my opponent and I, uh, there's a huge age gap. I'm a 41-year-old mother of four, uh, grew up on the west side of Columbus, very much a a self-made woman. Uh, He was born into immense wealth. uh, He's an heir of a car dealership family. And so, uh, and and he's about, I think he's uh, past retirement, well past retirement age at this point. So we're looking for fresh ideas. We're looking for uh, people who are willing to put their neck out on the line and touch those social issues that have been ignored because, frankly, they are controversial, they are uncomfortable, but they're equally as important as everything else that we're, we're facing. Yeah, wow. You are a, um, a breath of fresh air in Ohio where we do have so many of the Republican establishment. Uh, certainly we know the Democrats. We can't, we can't depend on what they do hardly at all. But the Republican establishment is just won't take on these difficult issues. And um, you have been more than willing to do that, you and several other people, um, and take the heat. Because in that, you know, isn't that the issue? They, they don't want the heat because, it, frankly, it takes up time. Uh, it creates conflict in your family. You have the trolls who come after you, and that, mm-hmm. that is, is very is scary even. You've had people threatening you over some of the issues we're going to talk about in a minute in case people aren't aware of where, some of the stands you've taken. Um, but, you know, it, it's scary. And it, so don't you think that's the issue? The issue is cowardice. I have to say it. It's cowardice by these other folks. It's spinelessness. It's cowardice. Uh, it's a lack of wanting to put yourself out there. I mean, you, I, I go into situations where they could potentially be very volatile, embarrassing, confrontational. 
and most politicians don't have to deal with those social issues. I mean, all you have to do to know where a politician's heart is is look at his financial contributions. If all you see is special interests, donors, and lobbyists, you just need to understand that those aren't the people that are going to be concerned about uh, sexualized curriculum coming into the school. Those aren't the people that are going to be concerned about infanticide or, or you know, abortion rights. And I have very close uh, relationships with everything that I talk about. I've either lived through it um, or, or I'm very closely connected through one of my children or my husband, you know, what, whatever that case may be. Mm-hmm. But it, you're right. It is cowardice. I mean, we've had death threats. My house has been under watch by the county sheriff multiple times. Um, I've had people tell me they were going to shoot and kill me. Most politicians, they don't want to deal with this because it's, it's not their passion. It's not their heart. And they don't realize the state that our nation is in, that this is the only type of leadership we need right now. Right. And, the, and they are directed by what they think the media will spin, the, the spin that will be taken and they are fearful of that. I think that is that is what's really going on with a lot of folks. Okay, so let's just move on. We've got so much to cover here. Um, the recent shootings in El Paso and Dayton uh, bring up a whole host of issues. And, of course, here, Dayton's right here in Ohio, and I'm sure there will be legislation proposed here um, in, you know, in reaction to that. Tell us your thoughts about this. Oh, I'm not supportive of any modification, any amendments, any legislation to the Second Amendment, because at the end of the day, and again, this is, these are the things that politicians don't want to talk about because they want to appease the vocal minority. And I believe that the majority uh, understands and recognizes that a madman will use any tool necessary. You can kill someone with a pencil. You could kill them with a box cutter. You know, as evidenced on 9-11, a madman hijacked two planes uh, to create mass killings and terrorism. So it's not the weapon uh, or the instrument chosen to create or harm others. It's the heart and the intention of the individual. And when you have somebody who is a sophisticated stalker, who is a planner, a prepper to commit these types of activities, there's no legislation that can be created to change the hearts and minds of those type of folks. Right. So, you know, biblically speaking, we used to talk about uh, the mental health issue and all those types of things. You know, people have completely bypassed Christ's healing, bypassed the prayers, bypassed really putting your faith into living his word. And so that's why we have the, the society that we have today. There is no fear of the Lord. There is no fear of his wrath. And we have people who are lovers of self, lovers of, of uh, what feels good, what makes them happy. And those aren't legislative things that can be fixed. I'm a concealed carry card holder, have been since 2009, own multiple guns. Um, th- this has absolutely nothing to do with the law-abiding citizen who will be impacted by these red flag laws and everything else. This has to do uh, with with people turning their backs on God. It's as simplistic as that. Yeah, exactly. You know, if uh, more gun control laws worked, then Chicago would be a very safe place. Uh, and it. we know it's it, it's not. So let's move on. And the first uh, time that I really, um, uh, it wasn't the first time I'd heard about you because I heard about you in your, in your um, uh, uh, U.S. Senate race. But the first time we talked was in your brave confrontation of a situation in Lancaster, Ohio, where a boy dressed as a girl danced provocatively in an adult bar, and you were the person that brought this out, and it has prompted a bill at the Ohio State House to try to keep children from being exploited in obscene situations. And then we had, um, and so you were very much involved in that already. Then you were the one who blew the whistle on 
the library situations where these men dressed as women posing as females um, are wanting to read to our children in taxpayer-funded libraries in Delaware and Licking County. And praise God, those uh, were both shut down. So tell us your heart in, in, in doing some of this, Melissa. People people are thinking, uh, you know, why why worry about the, this small group of people, you know, and, and these children? But this is a, an issue with, uh, this is not going to stop with these kinds of issues, I guess is what I'm saying. Tell us what you think. The reason that I speak out about issues like this is I know the strength and the power of the vocal minority, okay? So if you look at the percentage of what, you know, the, the homosexual population is or the trans population or the drag queen population, it is extremely minuscule in numbers in comparison to the rest of the populace. So when we start bending to the will of things that are um, not considered appropriate materials for children and you start opening those doors and using taxpayer-funded resources and taxpayer-funded dollars to make that happen for underage children, that should ring a bell to everyone. I mean, let's take this from a biblical perspective. Whether people are believers or not, we know that adultery is wrong. We know that gluttony is wrong. We know, you know, we know what the Ten Commandments are, yet we aren't, you know, they, they make it very clear, God makes it very clear how he feels about, uh, you know, man, you know, he defines holy matrimony and marriage is defined as holy matrimony. That's right. not up for debate, discussion or negotiation. It's biblically, it's, it's biblically defined. So if we know all of these things and we, we have a compass to live by, whether you're a Christian or not, Let's take things that are improper. Would you teach improper behavior and say, well, this is my lifestyle and it's improper. I've had an affair multiple times. You know, now I'm going to teach children what it's like. We're, we're taking things that are completely obscene and completely absurd, and we're trying to ingrain them as a sense of normalcy to where there is no right, there yes. is no wrong, everything is gray matter. And when we look at the suicide rates and we look, this is a yes. mental health issue, okay? Yeah. This is... You know, these types of decisions and, you know, people can say, I know initially it was, well, do you hate gays? And I said, why would you ask me that? Absolutely not. I have gay family members. This is about taking a lifestyle that's chosen by adults and ingraining it into the, the public children. taxpayer right, space. Right, right, exactly. It's a whole different story. Not that I, I, I can make the argument that adults should not be involved in homosexual behavior either, but at least, the very least, that the Christian majority in this country, if there's a Christian or Judeo-Christian majority, ought to agree on is that we can protect our children and give them the chance to grow up first. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? I I would. And for the opposers, I was on the news about this. It made national news. And for people who oppose me, they said, well, this is just a man who dresses as a woman wanting to teach hair and makeup. I said, well, let me ask you from a more cerebral perspective then. If it's a man wearing wigs and makeup, is he a licensed beautician or cosmetologist in the yes, state of Ohio? Exactly. There are things that you have to do to obtain the licensure to do those things. It what, didn't matter what excuse they were giving me. And then when the library director, you know, flat out said, well, this is a way for children to question their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you say parents aren't allowed, and you've told me that this person isn't record checked or background checked. Why would this be the person you would select to talk to children without parents present exactly. to, to have these discussions? Right, and it's just, it's foolishness. And it's cowardice. People don't want to, to confront this. Now, we did have Larry Householder. Praise God. He confronted the one the situation in Licking County. So I think people are being a, a fire is being lit under some of the present people. And people like you, Melissa, are 
doing that. And I just thank God for you. We are going to talk more to you, uh, more with you and our for the benefit of our listeners when we come back about your, your stance, your pro-life stance and uh, some other things that are going on that you're being confronted in your in your current campaign uh, when we come back here on Mission America Radio. We're talking with Melissa Ackeson, who is a uh, candidate for the uh, 26th district in Senate seat in the state of Ohio, and she's running as a Republican, an anti-establishment Republican. We will talk more about what that means and how that benefits all of you folks here on Mission America Radio when we come back. This is Linda Harvey. Stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Today's program is pre-recorded. To learn more, log on to missionamerica.com. Now, here's Linda. We're talking today with a very interesting person who's also the candidate for um, uh, a Republican Ohio Senate seat from the 26th district in Ohio, Melissa Ackeson. And uh, Melissa, what's your website? Let's get that out there, first of all. It's electackison.com. And the spelling of my last name is Ackeson, A-C-K-I-S-O-N, A-C-K-I-S-O-N, elect, E-L-E-C-T, Ackeson.com. Okay, great. And uh, we urge you folks to support Melissa and support her on social media and support her financially. Uh, that's very, very important in campaigns. So let's talk. Um, you've been so involved in these issues. There it was a, a recent one uh, that came out in the city of Marysville and the schools there. Tell us what happened. I was contacted by several teachers, uh, ended up meeting with uh, them as it related to a male teacher in third grade. Um, he happens to be a, a homosexual male teacher, doesn't have any children. I'm not sure if he has a partner, and I don't think it's relevant. What is relevant is that he uh, was using crowdfunding through social media, his private social media page, to purchase and was successful in purchasing gender transition and gender confirmation books that he was intending on bringing into the third grade classroom in Marysville, Ohio, under the guise of multiculturalism and all inclusion. Uh, did the research on what these books were also found out that he was in our public libraries as a volunteer reading these during story hour and during pride month and as you know these teachers were concerned yet they're afraid of teachers unions because they are leftist organizations largely with with social policy thinking the same way and so they knew that I had the platform they knew I could say something some of them had actually talked to this school teacher telling them they didn't think what he was doing was right so I sounded the alarms. It, it again made statewide news, and uh, he's under investigation, but largely for uh, using or violating policy when mm-hmm. it comes to how he was funding bringing these things into the classroom. Right. That's their story right. because they know the pressure that would come on them if they said, hey, it's not appropriate to have gender transition books into the classroom, right. not even as a resource. Right. But, uh, yeah, that happened just, just last week, actually. And, again, the death threats, and we hate you, and you hate, you know, no, no logic no everything ran off of emotion versus versus fact and logic yeah well you thank you once again for finding this out and for being somebody that people can go to to you know to tell about this and somebody who can get something done and i just uh, praise god for your stand on that and melissa tell people we don't have a lot of time i would like people to tell you to tell people quickly um we we should take a lot more time for this but about your pro-life stance and what draws you to uh, being an opponent of abortion. 
at this point. Yeah, a lot of people can say to me, you know, well, how, we know how she got involved with Obamacare. She was a victim of it, so she was sent to the White House. We know why she's involved with small business reform. It's because she is a small business owner. But a lot of people don't take the time to say, you know, well, how did Melissa know people like Alveda King or Father Frank Pavone and some of these national figures? And it's because I've been involved in the pro-life ministry, um, and I've been to retreats, and I've, I've given my testimony. When I was 16, um, I actually received a first trimester abortion at a Planned Parenthood. So uh, I know what goes on when you go into a Planned Parenthood. It's never a decision between a woman and her doctor. Uh, I was a teenage kid at the time. There was no doctor involved, and it was clinic workers who I had those discussions with. Um, I was able to go into a Planned Parenthood location with several other women. There were hookers there that day, and their pimps were in there with them. Uh, There was a woman who appeared to be Amish or perhaps a Mennonite. Uh, You go in, and it's a very horrendous, horrific uh, procedure that takes place where you you use uh, dilation and suction uh, uh, to you know, remove your baby, and afterwards you're given a large pad and you're sitting in a room on cots. You're given juice and crackers because your body has just went through such severe trauma. And then when I was sent home, I wasn't given the proper medication to uh, contract my uterus after it had been dilated. And so I had contractions in my, out, in my twin bed at home for about eight hours. Uh, it was one of the most horrific and horrendous things. So when I hear people say things like, well, abortion is, is health care. No, I have a disease and I've had 23 surgeries to have tumors removed and reconstructive surgery. Health care doesn't make you cry yourself to sleep at night and you don't lose a part of your soul. Uh, abortion is murder. There's no way around it. I know what I did. Uh, as an adult, I have been able to go through post- post-abortive healing. Uh, I can tell my testimony, which is much more detailed than what I've given you, uh, but it was, it was not a resolve. It was, years of, uh, it was years of a lot of issues and destruction as a result of that decision. Nothing was fixed. There was yeah. nothing that was fixed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, praise God for for this testimony and for your, the stand you're taking now, Melissa. Um, and many, many people can identify with that. And we just need people with this, with your perspective from that. So you've been getting, okay, <laughs> because of your candidacy, you have, uh, you're exposed to a lot of things. Tell us about the latest situation where you're getting is it sued by a mayor? Is that, am I right about that? No, this is a uh, establishment hack. This gentleman is an establishment hack. He did some polling for me in the U.S. Senate race, and then he was fired. Um, and so what he did was created a partnership with an ex-campaign manager, created a partnership with a pastor who now has a political calling and uh, with someone who is running the Mike Gibbons PAC, which is a political action committee. And so essentially what they did is they all gathered together. They developed um, this social networking harassment site where I was harassed continuously throughout the day and night. It was probably one of the most aggressive harassment forms. It's, uh, it, it is very, very common in politics, but this was completely to another level. Um, so my husband, after I had started receiving bizarre messages, my husband actually hired a private investigator uh, who spent 40 years in law enforcement. We were able to obtain an attorney. The investigator ends up uh, meeting with this pastor, who's a Republican Central Committeeman, supports my opponent, mm-hmm. has done everything he can to keep me away from the voters who are in the Central Committee. And then they interviewed this sophisticated stalker as he was profiled. Um, we had to issue cease and desist letters. I mean, this is what people go through. <laughs> So Sunday night, I receive a call out of nowhere. I'm sitting in the living room with my children at almost 8 o'clock, and it's a sheriff. And he says, 
hi, I'm here with, and he gives me the name, and he says, this man says that he wants to file a report against you. So I'd explain to the officer, no, I'm a political candidate. This man is currently being investigated for stalking me. A private investigator has been tailing him. He has a, he says, well, here's the deal. Anybody can call and file a report uh, with the police. And I said, I already know what they're doing. It will make it in the papers. This is what they do. You know, this will help my opponent. So yeah, this actually did make it in the papers. Mm. Of course, the papers reported favorably uh, on my behalf because they knew what was going on. But these are the links that the establishment will go through and that uh, your opposition in the establishment will go through. They don't see me as someone's mom. They don't see me as someone's wife. They don't see me as a human being. They see me as something that they need to stop at all costs. Well, Melissa, give us your website again. Yes, it's electacason.com, A-C-K-I-S-O-N. Look me up. I'm also on Facebook. And you are a breath of fresh air, and they wouldn't be attacking you, I don't believe, uh, if you weren't somebody who was a real threat to to the uh, establishment. And so... Uh, support Melissa, folks, and pray for her. And thank you so much, Melissa. And God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And just remember, folks, just remember, keep the faith and support people who are doing the right thing. Just remember that with God, all things are still possible. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.